Today, you might not hear anything you don't already know. Even our guest admits this. But you will hear a simple framework for growing sales, one that helps your team break out of fear and grow in just five minutes per day without cold calling. It's Alex Goldfain, author of the new book, Five Minutes Selling, on the Manage Your Message podcast. Welcome to the Manage Your Message podcast, where professionals come for ideas and inspiration to grow by talking about their businesses more effectively and getting lots of other people to do the same. Here is your host, consultant, professional speaker, and author, Jim Carr. Come on in and welcome to the Manage Your Message podcast. I'm Jim Carr. I help professionals and entire organizations to get the most out of their everyday business conversations, the ones that generate by far the most growth opportunities. Most people and most teams are far more confident in the value of what they offer than in the messaging behind it, the actual words, stories, visuals, and questions to bring into those conversations. The cruel irony is that the more you know and the more passionate you are about what you have to offer, the more frustrating and limiting the problem becomes. The good news is that you don't need special knowledge or personality traits to close that gap. It is a manageable business issue. That's what we address on this podcast and what I consult and speak about and what I wrote about in my book, The Science of Customer Connections, Manage Your Message to Grow Your Business. You can find it in paperback, Kindle, and audio versions wherever business books are sold. You can also find a free sample on my website, jimcar.com. Chances are your everyday business message needs some adjustment in this new environment. So let's examine some options together. I have a number of message leadership and growth programs, which I deliver virtually and in person, so that you and everyone around your business can be consistently effective in their new customer conversations. If you are a veteran message manager listener, then you know this is the point where I often talk about why I invited a particular guest onto the podcast. I first heard and met Alex Goldfain in 2015 at a consulting convention. He was already running a very successful business called the Revenue Growth Consultancy. Alex doesn't shout and wave his arms and get crazy, but he does promise to add 10% to 20% annual sales growth to his clients by following simple and practical processes. We've kept in touch since that time, and I am delighted to welcome Alex to the podcast as he launches another book. This one is titled Five Minutes Selling, the proven simple system that can double your sales even when you don't have time. Here is my conversation with Alex Goldfain. Alex, it's such a joy to have you here on the Manage Your Message podcast. I enjoy your work, and I know the manner in which you go about doing your work. And I thought we might start there. This is all very timely. The new book, which builds upon other things that you've done, you're very much on the front lines with your clients. You're right there with the sellers, with the managers, with the company leaders. I certainly saw, Alex, when businesses and sellers got hit by the effects of this pandemic, there were a lot of people who did not know what to do, or seemingly they they did not want to bother customers or prospects. They didn't know what to say. They weren't sure how they might respond if they get questions. 
I believe you are seeing something similar that perhaps is a great opportunity for us now as much as any point in our professional lifetimes. Would you speak a little bit to what you saw in the reactions to the pandemic and what customers want to hear from us these days? You know, well, first of all, Jim, thanks for having me on. I appreciate it a whole lot. It's, it's great to talk with you again. Secondly, I think uh, it's, it's pretty much exactly as you said, which is we salespeople aren't selling from where we are used to selling from. And also our customers aren't buying from where they're used to buying from. And also we're not seeing them. And so what's left? I think at the top of the list of what's left is the telephone. We're all doing the same thing, Jim. I'm sitting at my desk and you're sitting at your desk and our customers are all sitting at their desk. We're all doing the same thing. And next to all of us is our phone. <laughs> and, <laughs> you know, it's interesting. We think our customers' phones are ringing off the hook. It's not like that. They're sitting mostly in silence. People aren't calling. Everybody has a fear. And so if you call your customers and, and say... Jim, it's Alex. How are you? I was thinking about you. How's the family? And by the way, what are you working on these days that I might be able to help you with? And then you pivot to the business that way. If you do that, you're going to be the only one. And they're going to remember that because it's going to be rare and it's going to be nice and it's going to be pleasant for your customers to connect with another human because they want to. Nobody calls them when nothing is wrong. People only call when there's a problem, right? Salespeople only call when something's wrong. They bring them a fire. They say they can't get it to them in time. I can't be there on time. I have to reschedule. I screwed it up. So if we call when nothing is wrong, that's the key phrase. Have a human conversation, a relationship conversation, and then gently pivot it to the sale. In this pandemic, it's going to be rare. It's going to stand out. It's going to separate you from the competition, and the customer will reward you with their money. Alex, I remember hearing and reading your work well before the pandemic. And years ago, you were having great success with clients and talking a lot about how the phone is our number one selling tool, business growth tool. And so but what is it about the phone that seems to scare sellers? Is there something unique about the phone? Fear is the reason we don't pick up the phone. And fear is the thing that keeps us from communicating more with customers and prospects. And of course, Jim, it's fear of rejection. It's fear of failure. It's fear of being told no. So if I call this customer who's been my customer for 10 years, they might get really mad at me and then they're going to leave me and go to my competition. And then my family's going to starve and then I'm going to die if I pick up the phone and call this customer. <laughs> I mean, that's how dramatic this fear is, but we don't even notice it. And of course, I exaggerate for, for effect, but it is that awful in our head because we don't even know it's there. We don't even notice it. It happens so quickly, not in milliseconds, but in microseconds. It happens in our subconscious. You know, for most salespeople, the fear of being rejected is more profound and bigger than our need to feed our family. So we'd rather not ask for the business. We'd rather not pick up the phone and try to get the business to avoid the possibility of being rejected than do those things and risk the agony of rejection. So that's how profound that is. So we avoid it. But I want to pick up on that fear issue before we go to some of the 
tools and the habits that you talk about in your new book, Five Minute Selling. In Selling Boldly, you talked a lot about the power of positive psychology. Fear is, I would suppose, Alex, filling a vacuum in our heads, right? It, we, we make these things up. You just went through this story of you know, pure survival as a seller. If fear fills a vacuum, how do we push that out enough so that more positive emotions and actions of, of gratitude, of these other areas, give them some space and put that into our heads so that it helps drive the right behavior? I think the most important thing is to understand our great value to our customers. Uh, and so, you know, they know how good you are. And I know how good you are if you're listening, because you, if, if you've been selling anything for any amount of time, that means that, uh, you know, you've got customers, they've, they've been with you for some time, they've, they, they come back to you, right? People aren't buying from you for five or 10 years if you're not any good. So, you know, and, and Jim, you know, you know how good these folks are who are listening, but, but many times we don't know how good we are, right? So I think the key is knowing your great value to customers and then behaving accordingly. So mindset first, that's knowing how good you are. And then we can talk about how, if you want to, how do you figure out how, like, how good you are? How do you get there practically? And then behaving accordingly means you got to do the communicating, right? So we have to talk to people. We have to be present. We have to show people that we care. We don't have to care more, Jim, but we have to communicate that care more. We care more than enough. But if you care in silence, nobody knows you care, you know? It's like a tree falling in the forest. Nobody knows about it. So we have to communicate that we care. How do we do that? By showing up, by calling on the phone, by being present, by asking how people are doing, by telling them that we're thinking about them, and then asking them how we can help them, what they're working on. And so my new book, Five Minute Selling, which is just out, is all about that process. It's all about for five proactive minutes a day, how do we systematically, the system is everything, not once in a while, not when you happen to think about it, but in system, we have to do it all the time, even though it's only a few seconds at a time. How do we tell people that we're interested in helping them? And how do we talk about what we can do for them systematically over time? That's the key. Let's talk a little bit, uh, as you were just mentioning, how we get ready to have these conversations and how do we solidify, whether it be a, a guide or a playbook for the team in your own head as you're going through your communication activities, as you say, how good you are to get a, a sense of, you know what, to be clear about it. These are the problems we solve. This is how, this is why our customers like us, love us, appreciate us the things that make us a little unique, some stories that we can share. Is that the sort of process that you find valuable for sellers and teams? How, how do you suggest that we, we go back in our experience, in our, our history, in our stories to solidify in a consistent way how good we are and why we should be reaching out to customers? So, so the very best way I know, I've seen this happen with hundreds of clients, the very best way I know to gain confidence and positivity and optimism in our value and in our sales work is to go to your happy customers and reach out to them 
you know, and say, Jim, it's Alex. I'm trying to improve, right? You're one of my best customers and I'm only asking my best customers. I was wondering, what are some of your favorite things about working with us? So you ask your customers to tell you what they like best. And guess what happens when you do that? They'll actually tell you. <laughs> They'll actually <laughs> tell you. It's amazing. In their words. In their words. You know, and then you can talk about it. So if somebody says, well, you know, you're always there for me, you can say, well, how does that help you? Right. What happens to you when I'm always there for you? Also, by the way, what happens with your other providers? What do you mean? I'm always there for you. Don't don't the other providers also show up and do what they say they're going to do? And your customer is going to say, no, they don't. That's rare. And you're going to say, really? And they're going to say, yeah, they screw me up all the time. And so you like you hear this and you marinate in it. And, and hopefully you're recording the call with their permission. And then you can listen to it again. And so if the customer tells you you're excellent, and if the customer tells you that you help them in amazing ways and that you bring them great value, then it's literally impossible psychologically to argue with that, to defend against it. You know, you can't say it's not true because it is. You can't say they're just telling you what you want to hear because believe me, if something was wrong, they would tell you. And so because we who sell, spend our days taking phone calls from people who need something or have a problem or are mad about something. That's really customers call when they need something, right? When something's wrong. Nobody calls to say, Jim, great job. That was wonderful. Can I pay you more? Right? We don't <laughs> get right. those calls. We only hear from people when they need something. Something's wrong. Something's urgent. And because of that, we kind of go through our days dealing with negativity. you know. And then the mindset follows along. I'm suggesting Go to customers who are happy, reach out to them, ask what they're happy about. Then you will get that kind of positivity in your head. Then you will begin to know how good you are, and then you can begin to behave accordingly. And before we get into your system and some of the components that you have in, in five-minute selling, we should talk about the various tools. You talk about the primary importance of the phone because it's right there, and your customers and prospects have one right there. And surprisingly, maybe to many, not that many sellers are actually calling customers. And so you have an opportunity to really stand out. What is the role that you're seeing these days, Alex, especially when it comes to Zoom video conferencing as a phone alternative? And then I'd be interested as well, where in your system and your experience, other tools like emails, texts, personal notes best fit in. But let's start with Zoom and other video conferencing. What are you seeing there in terms of either as a substitute or is it just wearing people out as I'm often finding? I think we need to be careful to use Zoom as a replacement for meetings and not phone calls. I think we're over Zooming now and people are getting burned out on Zoom, as you just said. I think that the telephone ironically, is so rarely used, even still, even now, that I think it actually gives us more depth when we use the phone instead of Zoom. Meaning, I don't have to stare at a little box on the screen. I myself am not a little box on the screen. Before we started recording, I was telling you how pleasant it is not to do this by video. It's nice to, to just relax into a conversation, you know, put my feet up or, or maybe even get up and walk around and talk. So everybody's Zooming, nobody's calling. Want to stand out from the crowd? Call. Use the phone. That was a, a guest on a podcast uh, just yesterday and uh, was relieved 
that it was not a, a video. And it had nothing to do with the fact that, you know, maybe I hadn't washed my face in a couple hours. I, I think it was just fine. Um, but there's, there is more intimacy oftentimes just in the human voice and more freedom and uh, just relaxing, kind of letting our guard down a little bit more on the other side. What about some of these other tools, just the everyday business tools for communicating inside and outside the company? Uh, email is going to be the, the obvious one, Alex. Are you seeing that email can be used well to augment or do you find that it's too often a substitute, a crutch for actually picking up the phone, calling people and, and other texts and, and other tools as well? Where do they best fit in and where do they get overused or used wrongly in business to business selling i think that sending an email is basically the same as doing nothing <laughs> so i think it's that unhelpful right and it's not only if the continuum is between harmful and helpful right and then kind of in between a zero is neither a lot of times sending an email veers towards the unhelpful side of the continuum Meaning you're just like everybody else. It's just another email that they see in their junk folder, right? Or their spam folder. Or why didn't he pick up the phone to call me? The customer might wonder. Um, I can't tell you how many people I talk to who, who are executives, many of whom are clients of mine, who say to me, why, why don't they just call me? You know, And then they say, nobody calls me. Just call me on the phone. If you want my business, call and talk to me, for God's sake. You know, Don't, don't tiptoe around me. With, with lazy emails. So I think emails are unhelpful to selling. I think, to further answer your question, text messages are quite helpful to selling. They are not as helpful as the telephone, not even close. But I think they're a great way to schedule phone calls. You know, I think a text message shows up on the phone, which is in front of all of our customers. As you and I are talking, I'm getting some things showing up in my phone and I'm looking at them you know, in the middle of our conversation because people are texting me and I see them. A lot of people have like the text messenger opened up on their computer screen all day. Uh, I'm on a Mac and there's a messenger tool and it sends all my texts there. So I see it and I look at that far more than I look at email. So I think you have emails at the bottom of the list of effectiveness. And I have a chapter in, in five minutes selling that covers all of this. Emails are at the bottom of the list. Then you go up the list significantly to text messages. Then you have phone calls further up in effectiveness. And then you have face-to-face -face meetings, which are the best, which are not so possible right now like they used to be. And also, even when they were or are possible, you can only do so many of those in a day. You know, I can call a lot more people in an hour than I can see. So, yes, I, I will leave voicemails for many of those, but then they're going to hear my voice and they're going to hear my name and they're going to hear my company name and they're going to hear my tone, my helpful tone. And they're not going to get any of that in an email or a text. A text message is a great way to schedule phone calls. A text message is a great way to follow up on quotes and proposals, but nothing comes close to the telephone. And I would presume, Alex, that you would probably recoil from people who on a phone call would say, did you get my email? <laughs> Rather than just connecting with them and, and telling them why you're, why you thought about them and why you're calling. Somebody emailed me the other day, somebody who follows my work. And they said, I was trying to reach a prospect. I left a voicemail. Should I follow up by email also and say, Hey, I left you a message. And I replied and I said, send a text instead. 
and say, hey, left you a message, would love to connect. What's better for you Tuesday or Thursday? Go that way. In this program, in, in my work, Alex, as you know, we tend to break it down by message. So the actual things that you say and the questions you ask and the stories you tell. We look at messengers. So the actual human beings that you, if you're a leader or manager, want to equip with the knowledge and skills and confidence to be able to share that message. And then we talk a lot about management habits and the ways that you make this a permanent part of your culture, the way that you bring new people in, that you contain tribal knowledge and and really elevate everyone's game on communication and selling. So I, I'm sure I'll have some questions on that as well. But there's a there's an immediate one that I'm imagining some listeners would would go to. And you say, Alex, I should pick up the phone and call. You know what? You're right. I've got a lot of people that I haven't talked to in a while, and maybe their phone isn't ringing the way that I, to the degree that I thought it would be. Whom should I call first? Is that a question that you get often? Where should I start trying to get some traction here and get some new habits? Should it be my my best customers? Should it be the people that I haven't spoken to in X number of months? Is there a, a best place to begin for most businesses and most sellers? Yes. The answer is, <laughs> it doesn't matter. <laughs> Do you like that? The, the answer is, call people who know your name and whose name you know. Now, if you want to very quickly and lightly organize them in terms of, you know, most likely to buy and start with those, okay, call the ones that are the lowest hanging fruit first. But I mean, take two minutes to do it, to organize it. Don't take two hours, for God's sake. Take two minutes and then call them. So it doesn't matter that you call the perfect person. It just matters that you call people you can help and talk to them like a human. So that's the work here. And in the book, we talk about doing that for five minutes a day. That's all we need. You know, there's 16 actions in the book. Each one has a chapter. Uh, and then there's some other chapters around the system and the process. But we just need to talk to people. You know, I could leave a lot of voicemails in five minutes. I could ask a lot of did you know questions. Did you know I can also help you with this or that? I can ask a lot of reverse did you know questions. What else do you need? What else are you working on that I can help with? What other projects do you have coming up that I can help with? I can ask for a lot of referrals in five minutes. I can follow up on a lot of quotes in five minutes. A quote follow-up takes five seconds. Hey, Jim, where are you at in that quote? I was thinking about you. When would you like us to start? That's a text message. That's five seconds, literally. So we can do a ton of proactive communicating for five minutes in a day. Now, you, you want to do more, do more. Please be my guest. Do more. But I'm telling you, starting with five minutes is enough, and it's going to get you a lot further than you are without those five minutes. Well, let's talk about the, the composition of those five minutes and the, the specific steps that you have in five-minute selling, because that's a pr provocative title. It sounds like, oh, well, you know, I can do anything for five minutes. Might even be able to hold my breath underwater for close to that. So five minutes doesn't seem so daunting. How is the organization, though, of that? Because it's, it's, a, it's a mighty promise, Alex. Somebody said to me something similar to what you just said a, a few days ago. They said, Alex, I hate selling. <laughs> and it was a podcast interview just like this. And I said, well, welcome to the club. Everybody hates selling. You know, even the best salespeople don't love to go and, you know, try to, to sell. 
It's just something that we do. We're good at it. We have to do it. We do it. And then he said, but even I can do five minutes. And he said, I, I find it relaxing. You know, I find that it calms me down. I could do five minutes. So there you go. That's similar to what you just said. Again, what we want to do is do this in system. So I made it five minutes because in five minutes, let's say you make five phone calls and leave five voicemails, right? If you dial slowly, five proactive calls a day when nothing is wrong means 25 a week, 100 a month, and 1,200 in a year. That's if you do five proactive calls. That's 1,200 proactive outreaches in a year. That's a lot. Now, imagine you're on a sales team of 10. That's 12,000. If you leave your voicemails a little faster and follow my scripts, you can do 10 a day. That's 50 a week. That's 200 a month. That's 2,400 a year. So the key, and I dive into this in the book, right? The, I want, the, the whole book is a system. And I even have a chapter there that says, I want you to do this book, not read this book. The key is the system. So it's not making a call when you happen to think about it. Because that's fleeting. That's sometimes. That's rarely. And that's a snowflake that falls to the ground and melts. But if you do it like I just went through, five a day, ten a day, and be present and be consistent, and you do it in system, now you don't have snowflakes anymore. You have a blizzard. You have a freaking blizzard of activity, of outreach, of caring for people, of being present, of asking how you can help, of asking for the business. And how can business not grow, Jim, if you make 1,200 calls a year that really, if we're honest with each other, are not being made today? And I'm talking about calls to people that you know. I'm not talking about cold calls. I'm talking about let's call people who know our name, who would recognize at least your company name. And, you know, I acknowledge there's a place for cold calling, but I think it's a hard way to live. I think we, all of us know hundreds of people who we can call who know our name and whose names we know, and that's who we should be calling. But the system is the key. We've got to do it consistently, all the time, over time, but only five minutes a day. That's enough. So for an individual seller, you have this system of five minutes a day, which, again, seems... Wow, that's that's reasonable. And when you put it that way, when you, you think of the numbers and the cumulative effect over time, Alex, as you said, we might hate selling, we might love a blizzard of opportunities. So that is that's terrific. Let's talk a little bit about the role of the business owner, the team leader, the sales director, someone who wants to make sure that these activities are happening consistently across a team. I can imagine on the one hand, you can have someone who simply turns into a nag and they're not really building this into the culture. I remember you uh, in your previous book, most previous book to the new one, this was called Selling Boldly. And you talked a bit, Alex, about what separates the companies you've worked with who apply these habits and they grow a little versus those who apply these habits and they grow a lot. What's the special role and the accountability for a manager, for a leader to make sure that this isn't something that people get excited about and they do for a little while and they grow a little bit, that they actually do it consistently and they grow a lot? So if you have a team, I think the thing that separates people who, who grow a lot from those who grow a little 
is the ones who grow a lot talk about it all the time and make it a part of their day and their life. And the ones who grow a little are the ones who don't mention it at all unless I'm there, right? So I do this in consulting projects. I work with clients for six months to 12 months. Those are usually the lengths of my projects. And I work with the management, the people who run the place, the company. And then I work with the, with the managers, if there's branch managers or if there's team managers. And then I work with the frontline people. So there's tracks for all those people. The ones who have the most success, the companies which grow the most, are the ones where the managers talk about this every day. Who did you call? How did it go? What happened? You talk about it one-on-one. You talk about it with the group. Every week, there's a quick five-minute selling meeting or a selling boldly meeting that lasts for 10 minutes. It's tightly choreographed. They run through it. So the ones who grow the most make this a part of their culture. The ones who grow the least only touch on it the three or four times that I'm there. And you can see how that works, right? If you only diet three or four days out of 90, you're not going to lose any weight. If you only work out for three or four days out of 90, you're not going to build up your, your endurance uh, or, or your strength very much. But if you do it every day, even if it's only in small bursts, right? But if you do it every day in system all the time, you have no choice but to improve. So that's the difference. Alex, one other question that comes to mind around messengers, the, the humans that are on the team that need to and should be applying this discipline. Some people might be a little skeptical. They look across their team and say, you know, I can see this working for this person, that person, and that other person, but the team in the West, I'm not so sure. Or I've got some people who are, Alex, they're, Jen, they're, they're just, they're really, they're introverts. They're, they're good. They have a heart for helping, but I'm not sure that they could ever do this. So the the question, are there any special characteristics, any special skills, any special personality characteristics that are necessary? Or is this something that essentially everybody can likely do? The latter. If you want to grow and make more money and help your customers more, then you can do so in five minutes a day. You know, and I'm telling you, Jim, I've seen salespeople, individuals, double their personal sales in these five minutes a day. Now, some put in a little more time, some put in 10 minutes, some put in 15 minutes a day, but we're not talking about hours. We're talking about minutes. We're talking about multi-second moments, right? Throughout your day. I'm not saying you should tear down what you're doing. I'm saying, give me five minutes in addition, right? Infuse five minutes. So if you have half an interest in that, helping your customers more, helping more of them, and bringing home more money to your family, buy the book, read the book, do the book. There's free planners you can download on my website. There's free trackers you can download on my website. Now, if you aren't interested in those things, if you're good, if you feel like you don't need to grow, well, then nothing's going to happen. You won't be motivated to do the work and that's fine. You know, you, you might be making enough money. You might have more customers than you know what to do with. So that's what it comes down to. If you want to, Jim, this is how. If you don't want to, then like anything, it probably won't help. One other note on this and something that I appreciate in your approach because you are not the hard-charging, coffeeist for closers, try to coerce people at all. You seem to very much come at this on a 
an optimistic mindset. It's a, but it's a realistic appreciation for your value and how you can serve people and a spirit of gratitude that there are people who depend on you for your work, your customers, your family, causes, your community, all of that together. And I, um, before we give you an opportunity to talk about the book and all these wonderful tools and resources that are there, because you, you do seem to really approach from a spirit of gratitude, may I ask you to share, what are you grateful for and maybe some things that our listeners might consider to keep top of mind that they might be grateful for as they approach this whole system. What am I personally grateful for? Yes. I'm grateful to be in America. I was born in the Soviet Union, and my parents pulled me out of there in 1978. And I am grateful that even when there is struggle, and God knows that you know we've had plenty of struggle in business, we as my wife and I, because I run a solo consulting practice, which the last two years has grossed $3 million a year. But God knows there's been multiple times in our lives where we've been out of money all the way out. So I am grateful that when it's not good, it's not good here. It's not good in America where we can put our heads down and do the work and make it better. Because in a lot of countries in the world, it's not like that. In a lot of countries, you can't put your head down and do the work and make it better. I'm grateful as heck for that. And that's at the top of my list and probably by a long shot. I think that's a Wonderful note. It's easy for any of us, right, to get caught up in our to-do lists and the things that are going wrong lists, and and it can be a drag on us. But but keeping that sort of thing in mind, I, I know you have twin children, you have a wife that you uh, glow when you talk about, you have a a lot of things that you're working for, and people who benefit from your work, and it would seem that that would be a a good place for us to just have a touch point. Maybe uh, maybe it's every day, right, as you go into that five minutes of of proactive selling activity that can maybe put you in the right mindset. There's a great book out there, and I know we're, we're talking about my book, but there's a great journal out there called The Five-Minute Journal. I don't know, it's like $20 on Amazon, and it's, it's a place where every day you can write down, one of the things is you can write down what you're grateful for. You know, so, and, it, and it focuses your mind on what's good. So it's, you know, it, there's a question on what are the five best things that happened today? And you write in it first thing in the morning, as well as last thing before bed. You know, I've even got my kids using it because it focuses their mind on what's good because there's so much now that people perceive as not good. And, you know, frankly, where we are now, it's an accurate perception. It's really important to be active about optimism and gratitude because it's, it's, it's not really out there. It's not going to find you. So we have, to, we have to create it and we have to go to it. That's another thing I think we should be systematizing, optimism and gratitude. Well put, Alex, and we are going to have a lot of links in our show description here, but let's let's focus on five-minute selling. You mentioned downloads and tools. Obviously, uh, people should get the book, put this into practice, and can you talk about where our listeners can find it, the, uh, the resources that are there, and your other books as well, which are legitimate bestsellers and very helpful to I presume off website, you're still doing some podcasting, all things Alex Goldfain and five minutes selling. How can we best plug into this? 
So you can buy the book anywhere. It's published by Wiley. So you can get it on Amazon and anywhere they sell books. You can find information about my work and all my books at goldfane.com. What's my last name? G-O-L-D-F-A-Y-N. Everything's there. The planners and the trackers that are in five-minute selling, you can download there at my website, goldfane.com. You know, look, even if you don't buy the book, I hope you do. But even if you don't buy the book, you can download the free planners and trackers and, and just try to use them. It's not that hard to figure out what to do on them. All of my stuff is, is incredibly easy to, to work. So it's all at the website, goldfane.com. Alex, you are uh, not only very good at what you do, but very generous as well. Really appreciate that. And I know you have helped thousands along the way. And I think there will be yet another group that is going to find a lot of value out of five minutes selling. It's really a pleasure to reconnect with you, Alex. And yeah. So thank you very much for joining us on the Manager Message Podcast. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really grateful. Thanks to you for joining us on the Manage Your Message Podcast, the place you can find ideas for honing your message, growing your base of messengers, and growing your business This is a side project, one I have continued to invest in because I know listeners are finding value in it. They let me know about it. And I believe in the power of conversations to help great businesses rise above the noise and earn even more trust and engagement and revenue. My request of you is that you will share your five-star rating and review and subscribe so that you don't miss a thing. You can dig in more deeply by reading or listening to my book, The Science of Customer Connections, Manage Your Message to Grow Your Business. You can find it wherever business books are sold, and you can even check out a free sampler on my website, jimcar.com. I would welcome a connection with you on LinkedIn. You can email me directly as well at jim at jimcar.com, and my direct mobile number is also on the website. Let's talk. And if you recognize the importance of your everyday business message, and the need to adapt to this very new environment, then let's examine some options together. I have a number of message leadership and growth programs, which I deliver virtually and in person, and I tailor to your business needs so that you and everyone around your business can likewise be comfortable and effective in their customer conversations in all of the ways that they will be happening. Until next time, message managers, thanks for joining the conversation. Thanks for joining us on the Manage Your Message podcast with Jim Carr. You'll find show notes and other resources at managermessagepodcast.com and jimcarr.com. Please help us serve you and other message managers by subscribing to, rating, and reviewing this podcast. And connect with Jim on LinkedIn and on Twitter at Jim Carr. Until next time, we hope your business message is shared well and often.